Hi everyone and welcome to The Geek Down, the show where two geeks come together, sit down, and try to figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Perfume, perfume, perfume. And his name is Jordan Ferguson. Perfume. And he's going to go see Perfume next weekend. Perfume. And that's all he can think or talk about. Perfume. Even though he says he's not excited. Perfume. But I think deep down inside he is. Perfume. Six days. It's six days away. Seven days from now, I will be standing on a line with people who I may be falling in love with or be exceptionally irritated by. Just trying to get my way back into the Hammerstein Ballroom for show two of two. That's devotion. Of my queens. That is devotion. Yep. Devotion to your queens. So I am barely here right now. Yeah. You know who is here? Is it me? Hey, Kate. Hi. Good to see you. Hello. Friends, you might be wondering why you didn't get an episode last week. If you if you were part of the Facebook group, you, you would have known. You would have known you weren't getting an episode. And frankly, I meant to record something for the people who just subscribed to us on iTunes, which is the easiest way to listen to the Geek Down podcast. It is, because um, some magical sci-fi-like way, when we do a, a an episode, and as we said, this summer is sort of wonky, but when we do one, and it's done, and it's ready for you to be for you to listen to... It'll just show up. And you can rest assured that if there's an episode out, it will just download to your device. Unlike the people who don't subscribe to iTunes, who when there wasn't an episode last week... Probably had a meltdown. We're like, where's the episode? Yeah. Kate, where was the episode? <laughs> That's... It's really... It's funny. It's, 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 real, it's real funny. It's, yeah. It's I'm, still, a, I'm still laughing about yeah, it. Yeah. It's... Uh, <clears throat> it was my fault. It was all my fault. So, friends, we make a lot of jokes about uh, Kate Brain... Yeah. Around here, which is that thing where just like sometimes things just don't register in Kate's brain or they can't like come out of Kate's brain in the proper way or she forgets things a lot. Mm-hmm. Longtime listeners of the show will have noticed this perhaps or she doesn't remember names of things like um, the Incredible Hulk or the opening to this podcast or the rules of this podcast, which we have done <laughs> now 30 times. Sometimes um, they just vanish from Kate's brain. It's not that they, they're there. They're just lodged in between other bits of information. They're falling down the side of the filing cabinet, as it were. So when Caitlin left here, God, two weeks ago, and we had our usual, so when are we going to meet up next to do the uh, to do the podcast? Because do the discussion. our schedules are always changing. And we had set it up that because, you know, we couldn't do it on a weekend. And now that Kate is, you know, gainfully employed, the week is not as open as it once was. But we were going to try... The crutch of many a podcast, that old standby, the Skype call-in. It was something new we were we were going to try. And Caitlin uh, took one of our mics with her. I did. That will come back later. So when Caitlin left here two weeks ago, we were trying to establish when we were going to do this call-in. Which, because our schedules are changing, we had to figure it. Because we had to figure out when to do it during the week. And we were chatting and throwing out different days. And Caitlin said, Thursday. And I said, okay, that's cool. I thought Caitlin had a shorter day on Thursday. And I was going back on midnights, which meant I had most of my afternoon open. I wasn't going to go down for my, you know, pre-work nap until like 5 or 6. Much like Sunday. So it was going to be a day just like Sunday. Cool. Caitlin left here that day hearing Tuesday. I did. And wrote down Tuesday. I did. Repeatedly. In my calendar. Which would have fallen in between two midnight shifts for me. Not something I ever would have agreed to. Because it would have been the old come home. Sleep, get up, record, go back to sleep. We've done it before. I really don't like it. It's not something I would have been like laissez-faire about agreeing to. 
So I do all the like deducing about how to hook up the Skype thing. I do a couple test runs with the Skype thing. Sounded pretty good actually. I'm actually looking forward to trying this out and seeing how it sounds. And I'm sitting and I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And I messaged Caitlin earlier that day and said, hey, give me an hour's notice before you want to try this so I can make sure the Skype thing works. And Caitlin said, okay. And I thought you meant like, you know, next week when we try it, just and I let sat, me know. And I sat around and sat around and didn't write an article for the website that I was supposed to be writing an article for. Because I was waiting all day. All day. For Caitlin. And, and then Jordan yeah. messaged me. And I was like, hey, is this not later than we were supposed to be doing this? And Caitlin said, we're doing it on Tuesday, aren't we? And I went. And I feel really bad. I still feel really bad. And the awful thing is that when you're friends with somebody for as long as Caitlin and I have been friends, I know that I can't even really like get mad because she already feels worse than I could ever possibly like try to make her feel so even though i'm mad i have to stop and take a breath breath and come back and be like i am very angry i still love you we are still friends we're still going to do the podcast because but you fuck this one up um, being a person with a general anxiety disorder you basically jump to all of those conclusions of we're no longer friends. He hates me forever. The podcast is over. He's done. <laughs> and he's never going to talk to me ever again. Nope. Even when Caitlin <laughs> does so, other things. So then, finally, we're going to get together uh, today to do the podcast. And I wake up today. And I send Caitlin. Caitlin might have texted me already. But I texted Caitlin and I said, hey, don't forget that you borrowed that microphone. Don't forget to bring that microphone back. And Caitlin was like... Yes, on it. It's already, by, and I felt bad even sending the message. I was like, "This is being like you're being way too like controlling about this." She's got it. She knows it. Caitlin was like, "I got it. It's right by the front door. I know exactly where it is." Yes, I'm bringing the microphone. I'm like, "Cool." I get up. I start, you know, tidying up a little bit. You know, doing whatever. Uh, my phone explodes at one thirty. Oh, because the poor people on that train. Caitlin forgot the microphone yes what did that scene look like when you uh, realized you didn't have the mic I, I had my earphones in i was um reading an article and my brain does this thing where it sort of goes through the motions in the background i don't i don't know if other people's brains do that but you kind of you roll through things from the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days and i've been on I haven't slept in like two and a half weeks properly and my brain's kind of on catch up and I've been learning like 17 different software programs at work and something clicked and there was a gasp along the lines of, <gasps> and then literally a line of swearing. And the problem is, is sometimes I don't notice that there are small children and families in my general mm, yes. facility all heading to the X. Oh. <laughs> so wonderful Sunday afternoon at the X. They, riding the go train next to the crazy woman. Uh, yeah, they must busted out like they really did profanity. look at me like I was absolutely nuts and like I'm like pacing because I didn't know if I should just like stay on the train, go to Union and then take the bus back to Hamilton oh God. or like get off. And then I like had to make a decision and then people are looking at me like I was going to attack them. And, yeah. So the thing is, normally in this lovely setup that we have, they're usually like we got like three mics and 
two cords. One of them is kind of bunk. We still haven't figured out which one. Yeah. Two of those mics are identical, which is normally why the show sounds so pristine, because Caitlin and I are talking into the same equipment. Today, we're kind of rigged up with the spare mic that and we had. Sock. <laughs> I've got a sock draped over it to try and cut out because it's uh, it's omnidirectional, I think. So yeah. it's picking up a lot of the background noise. So I have a sock over it to try to cut down the fans and the crosstalk and all that type of thing uh, as well. I think we're using one of the bunk cords. It's barely being stitched together right now. The monitor keeps dropping out. I have no idea what the volume sounds like right now and will not know until <laughs> I try to mix this into something serviceable later on this week but yeah apologies in advance if this sounds like hot garbage you you can yell at me on the facebook page no one's going to yell at you everybody loves you they already think i mean for yelling at you in the first place well in this case i think they would agree that you are justified in if you got a little bit angry how about you brought me an ice cap though so that i i did and 10 bucks (laughs) i don't want your 10 you're taking the 10 dollars god I took it out at the grocery store just to give to you. What? You know, because I can't, you can't take $10 out of a, like, if you're, if you're at a bank machine, you can't take You can cash back 10 bucks at the grocery store? Yeah. Friends, this is amazing. (laughs) Can't do that at the no frills. Yeah, that's where I did it. Denominations of 20 only. Oh, my no frills lets me. Maybe they're just nicer in Hamilton. Bougier. Yeah. But. Buys no frills ain't about to let people come in and be doing cash back for, uh. Five dollars at, at, at Vise No Frills. Um, but yeah, I think it's V's No Frills actually. Yeah, they were really nice about it, and I was like, "Yay!" Am I the only person who gets excited when like the owner of the No Frills is like on the floor because their no. picture is normally up everywhere? That's amazing. I've never seen You've the never owner seen of a No Frills. See, so I'm I'm correct because when I see V on the floor, I like I like gasp a little bit. I was like, "It's you, and your face is up there on the wall." <laughs> you should get an autograph. This is your No Frills. <laughs> You should go around through the no frills of Toronto, just getting autographs from the the owners slash managers. <laughs> the one, the one down in the East End near uh, off of Gerard, like Coxwell and Gerard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not the one that collapsed. Oh, see, I used to go to that one all the time when I lived down there. <laughs> yeah, not not that one, not the one that collapsed. This one's a few blocks. It's actually around the corner from the. Uh, there's that price chopper in Gerard Square, which is the oh, worst, yeah. worst mall in Toronto. <laughs> it is. The worst and around mall the cor- in corner, there's a pretty decent no frills. It's really large. Um... But I remember I'd be with my ex and we'd be in line and we'd be looking at like that. It was like a husband wife duo that owned this one. Oh. And their photo was so terrible. We would just try to like, you know, conjure up what their lives were like. <laughs> yeah. It's like Chris is really sick of Pat shit right now. <laughs> it's like if you don't if you don't fucking take this photo and price those bananas, this shit is over. <laughs> that's amazing. That's how we get <laughs> we got down at the East End, the East End no frills. Oh, that's fantastic. So what else is going on in your life, Kate? Friends, I'm going to warn you now in advance. Uh, a few things. One, we're talking about Paper Girls this ep. Yes. The graphic novel, which we mentioned way back in like, you know, March or whenever the last time we <laughs> dropped an episode, we said we were going to do that. Uh, I read this book like three weeks ago, made no notes and remember nothing. So I'm going to do my best. I'm really glad it made an impression on you. And oh, we'll discuss that. And also, I went through like nine pages of blog posts this morning and found nothing that really caught my interest. So this is the Kate Show today, and Woo! Jordan's just offering, uh, you know, witty banter and commentary um, and slurping an ice cap. And also, you know, you have a lot of thinking to do about perfume and lineups and scheduling. Uh, so, so busy. Listen, anybody who follows me personally would uh, notice that I had some t-shirts made for this event. Yes, yes you did. Which I think is actually a really clever idea. Um, as I said, when I made these posts, um, I know the Asian group 
is not going to be able to accommodate the Husky gentlemen at their merch stand. No, they won't. Uh, for people who are not aware, Husky gentlemen over here. You're shocked, I'm sure, that a, an overweight fellow <laughs> co-hosts a Watch, podcast about nerdy shit. Watches TV. And, wa- and watches <laughs> anime and listens to J-pop. Imagine that. Shocking. But yeah, I wanted to be able to, you know, show my support. And I knew none of the official merchandise, clothing-wise, was going to uh, be able to accommodate my girth. So I was like, well, I will make some t-shirts. I found this place in Toronto that did one-off shirts. And I just wanted to get done like the, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of played out right now. I think, but if you're clever enough with it, I think you can still make them work. This was originally the John and George and no, John and Paul and Ringo and George. George uh, was the best. That was the first one that did it. It was just the list of the Beatles. And now you have a bunch of these ones, which are always done, which is like, they're kind of like secret codes where if like, you just have a list of names or something on your shirt. And if somebody knows what it's referring to, it's like, ah, you're I, one I, of us. I understand. So I really wanted to get this done with the not performance names of the three members of Perfume, but their actual government names, which would be Ayaka and Yuka and Ayano, which is not the names they really go by in their uh, professional lives. So I go down to the shop to get these made and I say, hey, got a couple one offs I want to do one white, one black, double XL, please, because, <laughs> you know, my girth. <laughs> and the guy goes and he looks and he's like, oh, man, I actually don't have any white or black t-shirts i'm like really at the t-shirt printing shop they don't have white you don't or have black. any white or black well probably not in a size to accommodate mcgirth ah so i'm like when do you think you will be getting them uh when do you need them by it's like do you think you'll get them by next week because that's when i will need them it's like oh uh, yeah maybe uh, you could also like you know you bring your own shirts in and then you know we knock a few dollars off the actual printing if you bring your own t-shirt I'm like cool i'll do that so that was on friday saturday Figure I'll run down to the uh, the Dufferin Mall here in Toronto for uh, people what, in Toronto. What's that the third? No, actually, Dufferin Mall's not bad. Kind of on the come up. We'll always be the Dirty Duff yeah. for, for many of us. Yeah. I'm thinking um, about Dufferin Mall a long time ago. It was probably number three on the list of like worst malls in Toronto. Probably. Well, no, because the gallery is right next to it. I think the gallery takes number one. Uh, anyway, regional. So I go to the wall. Yeah, I go to the Dufferin Mall because it's the only like Walmart within like the greater Toronto area yeah. that you can get to via transit. It's like the only one kind of in downtown. It's yeah, that one in Scarborough Town. Yeah, like that's the next closest one. So I go to the Walmart, dirty Duff on a Saturday. That's a good time. And I go and I cannot find a plain white or black T-shirt. Every color but, or I can get a black T-shirt in like five X, and I have McGirth. But I don't have that much McGirth. <laughs> I have some. There, there is a level here. Like I don't. I don't require you know an actual like. You don't need you know, a sale. dialing. You don't need a dialing wand. I don't need to. I don't wash myself with a rag on a stick. I don't require a dialing wand. I don't. I can wear pants. Like I don't need a moo moo. Like just you know a little thick in the middle. So no dice there. So I go to. I go to. Oh, God bless him. You can always count on him. Mark's work warehouse. Excellent. Shouts to Mark's Work Warehouse, Denver Hayes, you never let me down. <laughs> Shouts to all the fatties who know who Denver Hayes is. Uh, get my one, my solid white, my solid black. Run all the way back down to the t-shirt. Pile. I have a sunburn on the back of my neck now from all the <gasps> walking. Sun? The walking I did. I hatched three Pokemon eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so many Pokemon eggs. Did hatch a second Pikachu, though. Go back to the t-shirt shop. Get them printed. I have them now. And I just... 
the takeaway from all of that adventure about getting these t-shirts printed is I really wish I could apply that single-mindedness to like anything that mattered in life. I was going to say, that's a, that, you went on a mission. Those fucking shirts were getting printed yesterday. Like it was happening. I didn't care what I had to do. I really wish I could, you know, apply that sort of dedication to like, I don't know, career ambitions or, you know, actually writing or something like that. I think a lot of geeks or geeky people feel that way. And some people will say, like, oh, yeah, you can apply that. Uh, we have a podcast. <laughs> we do have a podcast. Almost almost fell apart this week. The second you were like, I forgot the microphone. I was like, fuck it. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> we're not doing this today. I didn't say it so casually. I did have a bit of a meltdown. And I almost vomited. Um, so, you know, there was that. But, yeah, no, I think a lot of people feel that way. That they, the thing that they love, they wish that that could be career but sometimes it just has to stay as a hobby or just even if i could you know transfer that level of dedication yeah meanwhile i have this crazy dedication at work but i don't have any like like kind of ambition about what i want to do if that makes any sense like working i'm one of the best workers you can have but there's no like caitlin where do you see yourself in two years here i'm working at at this desk (laughs) yeah doing what you've asked me to do yeah, basically that's that's it. I just, I, there's no, and the one time I thought I might have some sort of ambition, um, I didn't get a call back from the interview. So <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that didn't work. Learn that lesson. Yeah. That'll learn you. The lesson uh, is never try. I was going to say, if you, you don't fail if you don't try. <laughs> um, all right. So. <laughs> that's, a great, that's the great lesson, kids. On that note, news. Oh, what do you got? So I need to... I need to bring it back, Jordan. It's Idris Watch 2016. Oh, God. What, what is he been up to now? Idris <laughs> has been working out and Instagramming pictures. <coughs> That's what he's been up to. Really? Yeah. He is um, They're doing this, like, either filming it or documenting his progress for upcoming, like, fights with actual, like, boxers. But it looks a little bit like MMA, his workouts as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And basically, he's winning at life. But let's be honest, we're the real winners, Jordan. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. What do uh, what does this um, these photos of his workouts have to do with how good of an actor he is? He's making sure his tool is sharpened. Ha- you gotta gonna, keep your head in the game. You gotta keep your body in the game, Jordan. <laughs> Because he's a very good actor, as she says, all the time. Yep. It's not about that. Yep. It's about the acting. And Why are you making lat, <laughs> lat pull motions? Stretching. He's doing lots of stretching. you got to stay loose. Mm-hmm. you got to stay yep. in tune with yourself. That's Use your body to, to act. Uh, and where are these photos posted for, for the curious? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. And other places. News outlets. <laughs> internet. They're all over the internet. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Just letting y'all know. Mm-hmm. Just keeping my eye on him. <laughs> <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't never going to get away, friends. Don't you worry. I don't know. I have this thing where I, like, d- crush on some celebrity for uh, maybe a month or two, and then you never hear about them again. So this could be the last Idris Watch. You never know. God, say it ain't so. What the hell will we do without Idris Watch? I don't know. But probably not, because he's such a good actor. <laughs> such a good actor. Such a, such a good actor. <laughs> he's acting. Just, he's whoo, just amazing. Such acting. The 
best acting. Uh, moving on, I have, I always love it when Canada ends up in na- international news. This time, for a really good reason. Mm-hmm. We haven't done anything bad. It's not because some moose walked into a Tim Hortons. <laughs> um, it's because the St. John's Telegram has uh, taken on online harassment. Taken it on how? Well, um, they have a had a reporter, Tara Bradbury, uh, covering the FemFest, which is a feminist, some sort of feminist. I think it's a feminist movie festival, um, but I'm not positive about that. Um, well, that sounds like a real laugh riot. Well, and then she got all kinds of horrible comments on the internet about it. You don't say. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. But the uh, managing editor, Steve Bartlett, really wanted to show that they were behind her and didn't agree with what was going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they used the front page of a recent issue to actually show um, readers the Oh, this one that said this is not okay on the front? or Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, was, I thought that was a uh, oh, that's, that was Canada. I thought it was Ireland for some reason. Nope, all us, baby. <laughs> um, it's probably because St. John's is you know East Coast. Oh, it was an Irish guy who was posting it. Ah, so. ah. Um, but you know, good for them. Good for them for um, making that visible. I mean, it's kind of the another story in the long line of stories about either people really making their comment section hard to. Not hard, but having come some kind of n- nets up, or that's what I'm looking for, um, preventative measures for letting people be anonymous, or they're just taking them away. Yeah, just do that. NPR just did that recently, I think. Yeah, NPR, and then I think there was a couple of others. I think Toronto Star took it away a, Toronto a, a, Star did, I a think, little while ago. Too, and basically, yeah, it was like, hey, we crunched the numbers, and we have this many hits on an article, and this many comments, yeah. and this percentage of them are stupid. Yeah comment sections are just serving a very small fraction of the audience who just want to be mean idiots so like i said like 20 episodes ago down with comment sections yeah and and i really we know every time i say you know i looked at the comment section (laughs) you always yell at me and tell me why i would do something so foolish and i think it's might have to be in some cases just what they do because we can't trust normal everyday people to leave nice normal everyday comments um they can't engage in an interesting conversation without being awful what was what was amazing was uh you know i was checking in on our uh friend of the show amelia cook after her second she had a second article go up recently on the mary sue trying to outline the differences in anime between like you know sexy and sexual right sort of thing which is a really interesting topic of course most curl mags take it as like quit trying to take away my girls in their underwear type of thing yeah basically saying like you know what the hell was the one 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 dude kept trying to make the argument about like you know that you can sexualize somebody and it doesn't automatically make her a sexual object she's still the thing that she is in the show type of thing it's like yeah but you don't have to you don't have to show her like that no and it does undermine what she is it does it does um, and this dude actually used, uh, in his example, used, you know, you can still be, you know, super badass warrior, whatever, that men want to sperm in. I don't remember if that's yeah, the exact... Yeah. God. I don't, I don't remember if that was the exact yeah. phrase. He definitely used sperm as a verb. Oh. Um, that, I didn't think I'd need to want to vomit twice today. So sperm as a verb is like now, the, like, your, any argument you make is completely Ugh. moot, but... There are all these people who are, like, trying to goad her into, like, like, debate me, like, tweeting at her, and she's just like... 
Nah. No. No. She's like, you have all the same tools I do. If you feel this strongly about it, go write your own article. Go write your own thing. You can start a blog on WordPress for $0 and yep. write whatever you want and promote it however you want. And these morons are just like, why well, don't have why do I have to do that? I can just talk to you here right now. It's like she ain't going to talk to you. And, she and has, she's under no obligation to talk to you. She has other things to do. Like watch anime. Like she said what she had to say. Um, Carry on, plebes. So in Hamilton, there is a small indie game scene. And somebody I know does a monthly event called Game Dev Drinks. Mm -hmm. It's for indie game developers. And people come and they they speak and then you get to network a little bit. And uh, last week's one, um, the subject of having very few women in the gaming industry came up. Not by me. (laughs) Um, and then this kind of conversation, um, got started about one guy was saying, you know, I don't see why women don't want to, or people say that it's a harsh environment. It seems really friendly, friendly to me. Um, most of the people I talk to are fine. That chicken egg scenario where it's like, you know, there are no women in this industry. Because women aren't going out to be in that industry. Why aren't women going out to be in that industry? Yeah. Um, but also... And they were talking, and a couple different men, you know, weighed in on this very polite, except there was one thing that they kept on doing that un- undermined the whole conversation, which was they kept on saying females. And I've been watching a lot of DS9, and the Ferengi always <laughs> refer to women as females in, like, a really creepy, like, mm. female, like, harsh gremlin tone, and that's all I could hear females i was like you mean women like is that what you're talking about and i guess it's because the first guy said that so everyone was sort of picking up on that oh that's the word we should use females i was just talk about these things females um at least they didn't say broads or girls like that probably would have dames dames uh but uh but yeah it was that same kind of issue right like it's just another industry where people just need to like relax a little bit and not go crazy and females. females. <laughs> well, shouts to what paper was it? Sorry. Oh, it was um, the St. John's Telegram. Shouts to the St. John's Telegram for having the back of your female employees. Yes. Um, I think in that case, it's okay. Female. As long as you don't use it in plurals, I think it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, and sorry to Tara Bradbury who got you know all kinds of horrible comments because people are horrible, (laughs) mostly men. Not men or not men or mostly horrible. I meant the comments came mostly from men. All right, more more news. Runaways. Speaking of females, the females. Oh yeah, it's coming to Hulu, isn't it? Yeah. So um, for the longest time, they've been trying to make a movie of Runaways. for those of you who don't know, it was a comic done by Brian K. Vaughn, <sighs> who we will be talking about later in this episode, uh, because he also wrote Paper Girls. Um, and Brian K. Vaughn has talked a lot about having women in his stories. He likes writing women characters. He thinks it's important. Runaways was a comic based on a group of teenagers who all happened to be superheroes but also happen to be the children of evil villains yes and most of those characters are female um so they've been trying to make hey hey what one's a dinosaur is it a female dinosaur 
It's actually a good question. Well, yeah, the team was called Arsenic and Old Lace, right? So Yeah. Out to the hive mind. I haven't ridden Runaways in a real long time, so... If any of you know offhand, if Old Lace was a... Uh, was a female raptor. Which is... Female. <laughs> which is amazing. But anyways, they've been trying to get this onto the screen for a million years. I think I heard back in, like... It's an old book. It was one of the first sort of mainstream yeah. work that uh, Vaughn ever did. But, like, back in 2006, I remember they were talking about this. So, like, 10 years it's taken. And they were going to make it into a movie because of the ex- success of The Avengers. And then they decided to sort of go a different way. And now Hulu has picked up a... Has, has ordered a pilot and um, some other uh, actual scripts. So, hopefully that's good news. Um, and it will be... Part of the team who will be creating it is um, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who I don't know if you know who they are. Nope. Um, probably not, because they worked on The O.C., Gossip Girl, and Chuck. <laughs> Specifically, um, The O.C. and Gossip Girl. I wasn't into The O.C. or Gossip Girl. I was a Gilmore Girls fan, as we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> really excited for November. It's all the pumpkin spice and reading socks and curling up on the couch and watching <laughs> Gilmore Girls. And just Basically. Ugh. Basic. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but I love it so much. It's just a comfort. It's a comfort food. It's just like the movie Practical Magic, which I might make you watch. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Can Watcharama last forever? Can we never go back to format? <laughs> Nope, nope, starting next month, back to format. I never have to watch Practical Magic. <laughs> oh, I'm totally going to make you watch it now. God, that's a Sandra Bullock movie, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's so good. It's pumpkin spice and, <laughs> and reading socks. Oh. I don't even know what reading socks are. All, Octo- all October, that's all it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Comfy. Comfy-tober. Comfy-tober. <laughs> I like it. Down. I think they should change it. Yeah, so that is really exciting. I'm really glad they're making it into a TV series, but it's one of the million other TV series I'm going to have to watch in the <laughs> yeah, next two years, so who knows if I'll ever get around to it. I am only keeping up on The Night Of right now, so uh, there's like, I will get to that show. I feel like The Night Of needs its own air horn for some reason, because every time you give me a rundown, you're like, out, and you just leave. You've given me like this whole big thing about what happened, and it gets worse and worse. And I'm really glad I stopped watching it. The night of. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, exactly. That's how I. That's how I. I, I finale. Finale tonight. Really? Yeah. Ooh. So. H- have I? Am I all caught up with updates? Uh, I think so. All right. Yes, we discussed his complicitness in the Drugs murder. No. Was I think? No Doesn't matter if he's found not guilty. Is he really innocent? Oh. More air horn. More air horn. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I don't have the actual air horn on my phone anymore. Because yeah, it was dude, going off in dude, your bag by accident? Dude's got like sin tattooed on his knuckles now. Like it's not like. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to be a good time for Nas on the outside. As, as I've said, so glad I stopped watching. Um, all right. And finally. Finally. I have got the Astronomy Minute. Oh, God. I was wondering. We had so, interest watch. We got to have the Astronomy update. <sighs> I saw something astronomy related. Oh well, we'll go what, when what I was scanning uh, about a probe or something. We got closer to Jupiter than we ever got. Uh, that's my news. Jordan. All right, we'll go hit us. We fam, we got closer to Jupiter than we ever got. Caitlin, tell us all about it. All right. So sometimes I was gonna say Hubble don't gotcha, and you need <laughs> Hubble. I know you need to get closer. But it got you. <laughs> Not this time. Oh my God. Um, because NASA really needed some more data on Jupiter. So they needed to send the Juno spacecraft 
and it has delivered not just stunning photographs, but lots and lots of data for them to go through and get all excited about. Parse. Yep, parse. Um, so Juno had got 2,600 miles above Ju- uh, Jupiter's clouds, which for us Canadians and British folk is 4,184 kilometers. And to put that in perspective, that's the distance only from New York to Los Angeles. Well, there you go. Yeah, passed super close. Um, if you want to see amazing photographs, I would suggest going to NASA. Um, they probably have all kinds of stuff up there of um, epic proportion. Because it's so big! That was my space joke. Just swirly looking stuff and clouds. and. What? How can you not be totally excited about getting close to a big space object? Gas. <sighs> all that gas. I'm just shaking my head right now. Is perfume on Jupiter? Possibly. They possibly came from Jupiter. They are cosmic explorers. Yeah, see? There you go. No, they didn't, so I don't care. (sighs) Well, other people care. I hope you enjoyed your Astronomy Minute, everyone. As always, Caitlin's Astronomy Minute is brought to you by the Arizona Tourism Board. (laughs) Yeah, actually. Really, like... For all your stargazing and meteor shower viewing needs, Arizona! (laughs) really well done we should talk to them they'll give us they'll give us sandwich money (laughs) all we want y'all still hasn't come up in a while or new york hot dog money really want that sandwich money yeah no i I promised someone i wouldn't live on just dollar slices while i'm (laughs) while i'm down there oh you could do a thing about like the best pizza in new york listen fam i'm from windsor so no new york pizza is touching is windsor pizza a thing windsor is known for yeah Something about the cheese. I don't know. They've investigated it. I don't know what it is exactly, but I can eat cheese like once a month. So <laughs> well, there you go. Next next time I'm home. Well, no, I'll I'll just I'm gonna go to Windsor. I'm gonna eat some pizza. Right. Get Venture. Some, gotta get some roses. Shouts to roses, back in the hometown. Huh. All right. This is all really interesting. No, it's a yeah. If you look it up, it's a thing. I don't. And they have figured out what it is. It has something to do with local cheese or how local cheese is oh my god can, can we say something in the water sure okay i just wanted to say that about a place <laughs> and now i can now you can and i think that's the end of the news that's the end of the news yeah unless you have news it's so brief when jordan has made no effort <laughs> into the show. wait didn't you say something there was some exciting news with some casting oh yeah mary jane's black that's kind of exciting. Uh, have yeah. people had a meltdown about it yet? Not that I've seen. I've heard they have. So yeah, the Spider-Man Homecoming movie that's coming out, which is the latest relaunch of the Web Slinger. This is the one with, oh my God, what's his name? <sighs> Some white that kid. white kid. And Marissa, Not Donald Glover. Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, because Aunt May is Benjamin Buttoning over the years. <laughs> Figure she's going she's to be played by like Dakota Fanning in the next episode. <laughs> Um, yes, so they announced that they cast Mary Jane, and oh my god, she's black. Yes, so Mary Jane will be played by Zendaya Coleman, who just goes by Zendaya professionally. She is best known as one of these, like, Disney XD actresses. She came up on a sitcom called Shake It Up, and she has started I've a bunch of, I've never heard of, like, of that. Yeah, ever, you know, yeah. there's, there's, like, another batch of, like, a dozen of them that come out every, <laughs> every six months. But anyway, that's that's the deal there. Uh, yeah, I have not seen... I followed, like, one Twitter thread for where some guy was just, like, felt really away about, like, my version of the character is, you know, 
a white redhead. That's just who she is. Like, how how can you how can you change that? And I'm like, I uh... don't care. I don't care. Yeah, there's that, and it's really easy to cha- change them. You just cast somebody different. And I mean, yeah, I I don't I don't care. It's not like when you put Scarlett Johansson as Matoko Kusanagi. You know, it's yeah, putting yeah. a black girl as Mary Jane Watson. She can still have red hair. It's a thing that can happen. Yeah. But yeah, I don't care. Shouts to the filmmakers for doing that. No shouts to the people who have a problem with it. Yeah, you get unshouted. Kiss my ass. No shouts for you. <laughs> You're going to get your precious movie. Why do you care? Oh, Are you going to be enjoying the movie until it, until that black girl shows up on the screen and then you're going to like throw your popcorn and like Well, weirder than uh, than that I always thought was um in the Hunger Games, uh Rue is is described as a young black girl. Mm. And then in the film, all these people had a meltdown about it. I was like, but that's actually it's you're the one who's wrong a you didn't read very closely (laughs) you've got very poor reading skills second of all who cares it's a movie um and there are so few and people are like well why do they have to take they always say our roles like it's a thing you possess as a white person (laughs) and i'm like what is wrong with you caitlin what's the point of being white if we can't own everything that's the whole reason we're white apparently apparently i want to live in a different world jordan i want to live on jupiter (laughs) <laughs> me and perfume and all the nice people just us nobody else <laughs> that's it well i mean you have to i guess i will we'll have a method of proving people are nice people and maybe you can come the vetting system oh no if there's a vetting system for proving someone's nice i'm definitely not getting there oh it's too bad it is i'll manage well on that note we should probably take our leave and move on to the next segment of the program where caitlin and i will talk about the thing that we're talking about this week which is paper girls i'm very excited about this are you yes good you have to film a lot of blanks for me (laughs) all right we'll see you guys soon Hello again, friends. Welcome back to the program. This is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I will talk about the thing that we brought each other normally, although this week, is is this the concluding week? This is the concluding week. I guess it has to be, since we missed a week. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry, all right? Let us grieve for what that last item actually would have been. I don't know. On Kate and George's August Watcharama. I don't even think we we had thought of anything for for the last episode. It was five weeks. Usually it's only four weeks in a month. True. So, we would have been giving them a bonus monthly show. <laughs> they don't well, deserve a well, bonus Well, there you yet. go, listeners. <laughs> it's good that we're glad we skipped a week. <laughs> we're glad we missed a week. Actually, Look how Caitlin just turned that back around. <laughs> Actually, we're pretty sad about it. I'm sorry. I feel terrible. Uh, we, are now, we are now refreshed. I'm not as refreshed as I would like to be, because I have a complaint to go on before we get into this. Sure. The Parkdale No Frills yeah. has been out of Fiztastique. Oh! <gasps> What? For the last couple weeks. So I've been without my beloved uh, grapefruit soda that has been just... Also known as Fresca? Yeah, Fresca is $1.75 for a two liter bottle. No, I am not... Fiztastique, <laughs> 87 cents. I'm not... I'm not... Uh... And as we've said, the closest to identical of any 
no, hood, it, hood brand. It, ta- uh, it tasted exactly like it was just they just bottled it differently. So, I'm, I'm sure of this. So I recently, you know, when when there was no Fizztastique, I made the call to like, well, let me buy this diet sparkling lemonade. Sure. Whatever. 12 pack of cans. Yeah. Get that home. It's not Fizztastique, but it's not bad. Right. It does the job. It's like zero sugar, five calories a can you know whatever it's yeah. like cool fine it's got some fi- it's got the fizz got the fizz that satisfying fizz. fizz which i need and uh so i bought another case this week when i was out doing groceries got home let a couple sit in the fridge for a few hours busted one out busted through two of them just like bam yeah i was like man these are actually it's actually really good and i like glanced at the nutritional information and saw 50 grams of sugar and went <laughs> wait what? oh there's a regular version <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. The sparkling lemonade, which is more poisonous than a can of Coke. How are you going to get your it's calories? It's just though? sugar water. That's why it's so refreshing. So, it's yeah. It's just like my lemonade that I got from Timmy's. <laughs> the Tim Hortons lemonade I took one sip said. of it and went, this is a bad idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> I'm going to go have a crash like halfway so, through the second half of the yeah, show. Yeah, I'm going to have a diabetic coma before I even get to New York because I've got still a half case of this lemonade poison to get through you don't have to drink all of it before well, you go I'll start cutting it with water <laughs> start cutting it with water as i go that's um, what i'll do i'll buy a thing of club soda sorry just thinking out loud friends hey it's time to talk about nerd stuff well we don't have to i mean we could just make it jordan kate chit chat time for the second half of the show if you really want stay cool tips with jordan kate ah <laughs> oh, yeah. go somewhere that has ac leave, that's... leave this place step one Oh, Get dear. out of Toronto. Yeah. Or the Golden Horseshoe, as they call it. I'm just going to start calling it the Radiated Horseshoe because of the sun beating down. There's got to be a hole over, like, uh, in the o- ozone over, like, Toronto and, like, Ontario. Probably the entire eastern seaboard, I'm sure. So before we begin, we have some rules. Always have rules. Always have rules. Um, the first rule being the rule of three. Jordan? If it runs in installments, parts, episodes, segments, ellipses, epicycles, parabolas, uh, angles, (laughs) check out three of them. Yes. Give the thing a sense to establish what it's going to become. Not really a rule that was at play this week. No. Since we read the first. It just, because it was so easy, just packaged in a volume for (laughs) us. So I just kept on going. Um, But it is important because we know usually the first of something, um, usually a pilot, is not the best indicator of what this series is going to be. Sometimes not the greatest. No. Uh, So we can even check that off the list. Um, The second rule is save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones. Yes. Well, uh, kind of these not these microphones no, not really an issue this week because yeah. uh we didn't see each other we didn't record an episode and the <laughs> microphones are anybody's guess at this point so i'm sorry <laughs> um throughout the episode you're just gonna hear i'm sorry in the background um yes so we try not to say anything about what we have read or watched or looked at and we managed to do that so we can check that off the list and the third thing is that there are going to be spoilers. As much as I can remember. Yeah. And there's not um, there's not a, a rule. It's just a general policy. Um, so if you have not read it um, or if 
you know, we're probably going to talk about some other things and updates. If you do not want to hear any kind of spoiler whatsoever, you should probably just skip this part. Nothing about nothing. Thank you for your understanding. Uh, get a cool drink. Go hang out somewhere. We promise we will be back on form next week. So, as we had mentioned this week, instead of having the August Watcharama and watch something, we had the August Watcharama and Readarama. Readarama. And read something, which was Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, we mentioned a lot on the show. He uh, wrote our favorite comic book, which is called Saga. Because we love him. We do love him. Uh, he's also written Why the Last Man, Runaways, which we just brought up. Um, and he's won an Eisner Award for his writing. He's also worked on a million trillion other things. He's, he's worked won on like all the Eisner Awards, hasn't he? Well, he, yes, a lot of them. And he has worked on television. So he worked on Lost yes. and some other things as well. So he's done lots and lots of work. We really love him. And we were really excited to take a look at uh, Paper Girls. Um, the, all the art is done by Cliff Chang. Um, he's done a ton of work for DC and Vertigo. Yes. He's like tons of titles. I don't think he's worked. I, I haven't seen any Marvel titles, but I must might have just missed them. Maybe in his early career, but no, he hasn't. The bulk of his work has been with DC and Vertigo. Yeah. It's just like this long, long, long list of, of stuff he's done. Mm-hmm. So if you took a look at Paper Girls and you really liked it, I would check out his work. Um, the, uh, Paper Girls comic book, uh, I read all of volume one. I don't know... It came out in issues, uh, I think volume one is issue one to five, is that correct? Normally, yeah, it's normally it's five to six. Yeah, so in Somewhere this case, in that range, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember exactly. But. Um, and it has been described as, in uh, Brian K. Vaughn's words, Stand By Me slash uh, War of the Worlds. It is set in 1988, and it follows a gang of 12-year-old girls who are delivering the paper. At least that's where the story starts out. So hey fam, do you miss Stranger Things? Yeah, seriously. You want that Stranger Things vibe again? It's not... Check out Paper Girls. No, it's really... None of them... I mean, obviously, both of these things were, you know, percolating in each other's brains. Yeah. Long before they actually hit the screen slash page. It's just a very odd bit of synchronicity there between the two of them. I don't know. They're not doing exactly the same thing, but I mean, as far as, like, the eras that they're playing in. I don't know if it is odd, because a lot of people who grew up in the 1980s are now sort of reaching a height in their career where they can direct what they want to write yeah. or what they want to produce or uh, the aesthetic they have in their memories as children. You know, kids from the 80s are now in between, what, 30 and 40 years old. Um, well, yeah, it's fun. It's funny you mentioned that because I was watching a uh, same but different. Uh, I watched a video interview with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the person was asking him kind of like, you know, why is hip hop? I thought it was a weird question, but because <laughs> it seems like it has been for a long time. She, she, the interviewer was like, why is hip hop having its like crossover moment now? Meaning as far as like in like the business world right? or like, you know, commercials and marketing and things like that. Yeah. And Jeff was kind of like, well, you know, I'm 51. Dre is 51. Now the creative director, you know, we came up with hip hop. Yeah. When we were, you know, in 1988 or whatever, when we were, you know, 23, the creative director at the agency hadn't come up with hip hop. We're 51. We lived with it our our entire lives. Now the creative director at the agency, who's also 51, has grown up with hip hop and knows what it is and, you know, has loved it and wants to use that in his creativity or career as well. So it's the same thing. Yeah. We're like now these people who have grown up 
loving these, you know, the VHS core aesthetic of of 80s Spielberg and whatnot are now at a point in their lives where they can kind of write their own ticket. And now that they can, they want to, their passion projects fall into that sort of lane. And it's not even, I think it's not even the fact that they love that. I think it's just something that is sort of engraved on their brain, right? Mm. Like I have, my childhood is very late 80s, early 90s. And there's just a style to my memories, right? Big, puffy floral dresses, uh, scrunchies everywhere. It's weird seeing really young girls wearing chokers that I had when I was like, like I'm talking like 19-year-olds wearing chokers that I had when I was, you know, The the choker comeback and the tie-dye comeback lately has been the ones that are like, really? We're we're on that again? Yeah, it's it's been jelly sandals. We're old farts enough that we have now seen things from our childhood come back at least once. Yeah. Come back around once. And it's very very strange and you kids think you're so cool shake my fist at you i've got a stick i like to shake at them um (laughs) cut me a switch so it does have that aesthetic however um the comic book does this thing where it blends the past with the um soon to be future and the distant future yes and i really liked that as well because that aesthetic it's not the distant future from the 80s it's a more present look at the distant future did you like that aspect of it well the thing about brian k vaughn which i have always said is as someone who fancies himself a writer uh brian k vaughn i call the motherfucker because (laughs) once you get to the end of an issue you know i've read enough books about writing and i've done enough terrible attempts at writing myself that when i can see everything he's done right i can see the mechanics at work and it seems so simple once you look at all of it, but he makes it look, he's so good, he makes it look that simple. That when you get to the end of an issue, you just go, you mother, you motherfucker. <laughs> and that's, he's done that. Um, he did that in a book he did called Ex Machina, which is about yep. a dude who, first issue of Ex Machina, you are reading about this guy who's running, he is the mayor of New York. Um, and he was formerly a superhero in New York called the great machine. And you're learning about all this stuff and day to day administrative. It's very West wing sort of like policy discussions and whatnot. And then you get to that last page and it's revealed that somebody says something about like, well, you know, I know you're, I know you're ambivalent about your role. Your life is the great machine, but if, you know, if it hadn't been for you and then you turn the page and it's like, we would have lost both towers that day. And you see one of the world trade center towers is still standing right in paper girls. You're reading along, and our basic gist is you'll have to fill in names because I don't remember any names, like I said. I, I actually don't really Read it a while ago. Broad strokes. Listen, we got five 12-year-old girls who are paper girls. Four. Four. Cool. See, that's how much I remember. <laughs> they deliver newspapers in their small town, and it is November 1st, and yep. none of them are lead character who is not really friends with the others. She's the new girl. She's the new girl. She goes to the Catholic school as well. Is that her I think her jam? She, yeah, I think that's right. And she is dreading going out because it's November 1st, meaning the night before was October 31st, which means it was Halloween. Which means nothing, jerks Nothing abound. small town dolts like more than running amok on Halloween. So she knows she's got to be out there like 4 a.m. delivering papers and whatnot. Yeah. Really not looking forward to it. Uh, has some run-ins with some twerps. While she's out and about, meets up with our other, the remaining members of our quartet of paper girls. 
And as they go along, they start encountering people who are a little off. Yeah. And speaking weird languages. And what I like about that setup is, at first, you've got no idea what's going on. Mm. And even throughout the issues, I mean, more of the pieces fall into place. But you're still guessing well into, I think, the third issue exactly what's going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there are, like, people riding dinosaurs and yeah. things like that. But basically, the hook you get to is, again, you got to fill in the blanks for me. I remember, like, the punchline, but I don't remember every detail of the setup. Yeah. But... Is it those two dudes, like, yeah. vanish on them and leave it behind? Is that what it is, or...? Which, what's that? You said An it. Apple device. Oh, oh, yeah, or, yeah, they, they scare them off and they leave a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, they encounter these two dudes who are, like, they're either scavenging or they're digging for something or what. There's, they, our quartet of girls kind of wander into some conflict between these two factions that are now emerging into their present from the past or from, and since, since everybody knows the term now, from an upside-down, like... Yeah. Area. Um, and these dudes kind of get scared off and they leave something behind. And one of the girls picks it up and it has, you know, the telltale Apple insignia on it, which would not have really meant anything in 1988. But for all of us reading, we go, what? And that's the motherfucker moment. And the the thing she has is not something we recognize today. Yeah, as it's not something that we have as an Apple product. Yeah, it's not like an iPod or something. It is some sort of futuristic Apple device. So that's where you encounter sort of the close future. Um, but then as you get further onto the issues, you, you figure out they are using technology that's advanced future. Like uh, space, well, uh, not, not as they specifically say, not time machines, but some other kind of space traveling device. And I like the sort of use of science in there. I always like when sci-fi actually uses some science. It's it's a nice little like nod to actual scientists. Um, should say that the first trade, which is as Kate said, the first five or six issues. Um, normally, a trade will try to like encapsulate a first arc. Yeah. I didn't feel like this even really did that. Like I was still left with a shit ton of questions. So many like, questions. We don't know what the what this faction is. Who that old dude in the Public Enemy t-shirts yeah, is? Yeah. Who's apparently running? The side with the, like, you know, dinosaur riding, spear brandishing. Magic spears. Military cop type whatever who are running around the small town. Why are they even in this small town? I should say when they either, when they cross over or, like, did they cross over? Or did something happen to the town? Everybody vanishes except for them, basically. I know. Well, they get, there's some beam that happens and then... All of a sudden, they're in a place, and you don't know how or why. And the dude in the public enemy t-shirt is like they're collecting people or something? Yeah, collecting teenagers specifically. And then the other faction, one faction seems to be like older adults, and then this other faction seems to be teenagers. Yeah, the dudes, they steal the, uh, or pilfer the Apple device from are clearly younger, some sort of resistance to these white-garbed dino-riding people. Um, yeah, not a lot. It's hard. It was a really fast read, as most comics are now these days. And, like, not a lot happened? Yeah, I I don't know. It, it didn't and didn't. The pacing you... wasn't awful. It wasn't, like, totally, like, you know, Bendis-level decompression where yeah. nothing happens in an issue. But, you know, the main incursion of these creatures into their town, uh, the one girl getting shot on accident, and, yep. like, that was really the only plotty type things that happened that I can remember? Um, yeah, 
they sort of give you part of it is also them giving you clues to what's coming and sort of giving you pieces so you can piece things together and anyone who really likes sci-fi is sort of going through all these theories about what's going on that's at least what i was doing because uh, i'm a big nerd um so i like that and you get to start to know the characters there's sort of like tidbits about the characters in there yes um also uh, not not so much flashbacks but there's sort of dreams um and there is an element of they're trying to set a mood as well there's not it's not just about the straight story it's about the coloring is really monochromatic on that's it. actually was one of the things i'd written down is um it, it's sort of a combination of setting the mood with the story letting you know about the people and kind of what's going on but never giving you enough to fully grasp it yet and also all the artwork as well as is sort of doing double duty is mood and and setting and all that yeah that sort of monochromatic coloring style you can even get a sense of like the cover of the trade like all the girls are colored in blue and that's kind of how they're the bulk of the first issue is depicted because it's at night and they're out in the dark yeah and then when this you know incursion or whatever happens it's like just an explosion of pink and they're all awash in pink everywhere um yeah that sort of the way they use colors is a really interesting thing in this book that i hadn't uh I hadn't really come across before, and it's definitely different for a Brian K. Vaughn book because his books are normally, you know, very you know, saga is like an explosion of color. Yeah, um, and and I actually that that is one of the things I wrote down was uh, color use was fantastic. It really um, gave you you know interesting things to look at, um, and I think in some ways it is slightly an ode to the idea or um the making of 80 of 80 sci-fi right they like to use a lot of colors that way you actually even in stranger things you see it a couple times where they sort of do um a way they do the lighting is sort of creepy they make it really bright or they make it really uh, a certain a wash with a certain type of color um and i think that that is just the way people think of 80s things is they're using more more color um, to I don't even know how to explain it to give you a sense of something different than you get in like '90s or 2000s things. Mm -hmm. So in in addition to that, I actually re read this really fantastic article. It was written by uh, or done by Meredith uh, Werner. She actually interviews Brian K. Vaughn about Paper Girls. You know um, what? Shouts to Meredith Werner. I'm pretty sure that's who used to do the True Blood recaps on io9, and that was it, like the best thing about watching True Blood was reading her really? recaps the next day. She was, oh. Shouts to you, Meredith Werner. Hey, I'll see it. <laughs> oh, I'll see That's what she used to put every time <laughs> he showed up. She just put a gif of him, just like, hey, I'll see it. <laughs> Um, anyways, so she did this interview with him. Um, if you want to know more about it, definitely read it. It's called, um, you all should be reading Brian. Uh, oh shit. What's it, what's it called? I think I must have. You should all, you should all be reading Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls comic series right now. Just search LA Times Paper Girls. You'll find it. Yeah. Um, and it was fantastic. There was a really great quotation that I liked. And again, Stranger Things did this. Um, I almost think, um, probably a little more subtly than in some ways than, the paper girls did and maybe that's because paper girls is such a different format they couldn't spend the time on it um but uh 
they kind of gave you a glimpse into the fact that the 80s was not all rosy and picturesque. There, as, as Brian came oh, on... Is this when the one girl dropped the F-bomb? Um, yeah, and specifically... Sorry, not, not fuck. Not that F-bomb. No, the other one. The um, homophobic F-bomb. Yeah. The specifics, that was specifically what she was asking about, or that's what came up in the interview. Mm. Um, but I really liked the way Brian K. Baum put it, which was a lot of dark uh, sadness of the late 80s. Um, and that's kind of something he wanted to put in to the graphic novel, that it wasn't all... You know, we have this idea about our past, especially when we're children, if we have a relatively happy childhood, that everything was all like, everyone's going to work together and sunshine and roses. But there were still a lot of crazy, weird, awful stuff going on. Yeah, in I mean, the like, I, I was a preteen, so I don't have like, it wasn't like I was super engaged with the world at large. But yeah, the playground was a weird time at that point. Like, I know in that article, he says he caught some flack or some pushback for having that character drop that F-bomb. Yeah. But in, like, mid-80s playground, that word was just everywhere. You didn't even know what it meant. It was well, just an insult. It's like, like in the 90s. Every kid was saying, I, di I didn't because I knew because I got told off <laughs> by a certain sister, the word gay. Mm. Kids used to say it all the time. This was gay. That was gay. Everything was gay. Um, and that, And it was the same in the early 90s with the word um, retard. Everyone was saying it, especially yep. if you came from like a lower class background and like it was just a word. I still hear it sometimes when I go back to East York and it's like I'm in a different universe. Like, where is this place I am? <laughs> um, it's like so when you go back home and you still hear colored as <laughs> oh as God. a polite. That's, a, that's polite. That's the polite usage. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point. And when you're making art. As an artist, it's not your job to present a sanitized version for today's, you know, sensibilities. And it's a fine line between, like, going, like, you know, look, making something that we can all, you know, look down our noses at the past at. It's like, oh, we're so much better and more civilized now that we don't, say, drop homophobic F-bombs or say, you know, R-dash anymore. Yeah. While staying true to the fact that at that time, yeah, a 12-year-old girl who was a little roughshod, maybe didn't have the best life. She yeah probably would have had a tendency to drop that word. And there was probably and and he explores that in the graphic novels. She also has a, a way of looking at the world, which is that it's gross to be gay because that is what probably was going on in her household. Like that's what she was taught, and that's an interesting reflection as well of the past. Right? You, it's not just about the aesthetic; it's about everything. And I think he did a really good job of putting that in there. But like I said, it 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 was something that was a little bit more upfront in the graphic novel than say Stranger Things, where they had sort of more time to work that in. Um, you know that there are things they call broken households mm. um, and they work that into Stranger Things. Um, they didn't do, I mean, you're still learning about all the characters. You know that one of them is adopted and you know, one of them is Jewish and you know um, that uh, this I can't, again, I can't remember her name, but the girl, the 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 one who's sort of rough around the, the rough edges, and tumble one. She, the police know her name. They give her a hard time. She has a gun at her house. You know, her parents are alcoholics. They've dropped that information in there um, to give you sort of an idea of the characters and of the time, and I like that, along with the sci-fi. So yes, just since I have an in front of me now and it will uh, give us a bit of 
context, our four, our quartet of paper girls are Aaron, which is our lead, the new girl in town, uh, Tiffany, who is her classmate, Mackenzie is the rough and tumble. Yep. Mac, does they, yeah, they call her Mac. And uh, KJ is goes to a little more bougie academy type school. Yeah. And is also the uh, the Jewish representation. Well, she's going to have a bar mitzvah at a country club. So there you go. There you go. Um. So, yeah. And I think it's also, it says something about how maybe the demographics of the time were changing. Because in a lot of stories, specifically set in the 80s, um, or at least that you've seen, we've seen mostly before this year. Um, it's a lot of like white kids running around. Um, they don't really get into the fact that a lot of um, neighborhood dynamics were changing. At least where I grew up, there was people from everywhere. Um, so it's nice to see that reflected as well. Not where I grew up. Yes, no, we know that. <laughs> I always love how like in these, because Stranger Things did this and this does it as well, where the, uh, the realistic brand of electronics yeah is like so emblematic of that time yep like those giant like they look like zach morris cell phones like walkie talkies well the, and that was the other thing the funny the the thing about walkie talkies and and even in the article um that we talked about the uh la times article um they talk about riding a bike being really emblematic a shot of riding the bike and they even talk about um why this isn't say a television series or a movie and you know uh brian k vaughn has talked about this and we mentioned it with saga that there are certain times when he thinks hey you know i really want to serialize this but i want the look of a movie you know i want the budget there oh where can i put it in a graphic novel that's where it's best i can do a a full spread of uh you know someone riding a dinosaur in a graphic yeah. novel i can't really do that in uh, a television series not not cost effectively not cost effectively. even you know stranger things did a lot of great things but their alien hid in the shadows for a whole bunch of episodes yeah. <laughs> and there's a reason for that part of it is the 80s hiding alien aesthetic and part of it is that the, the money's just not there Keep right? that cost down yeah build one wall that bulges you can do that several times <laughs> um so yeah um i i really liked the series i really liked what they did i love cliff chang's artwork yeah he's i great. thought it's the lines are ju i just love how clean everything is um and i love the color use um i love the character design and uh i really enjoyed it how about you jordan it was good i'm not gonna say it was my favorite brian k vaughn <laughs> saga thing ever um well yes okay saga has all i'm not even going to say it was my favorite of non-saga brian k vaughn right work probably ex machina for me only because I love a good story about, like, you know, politics and public policy and things like that. And that's what Ex Machina would usually play in. Right. On top of a guy who, like, talked about machine, talked to machines. We love and that sci-fi. Hmm? I said we love that sci-fi. And this is just, you know, it's cool, but it's another coming of age, young kids, you know, doing whatever. Gotta remember, I watch a ton of anime. Yeah, that's true. So I get stories about young kids doing stuff and saving the world, like, all the time. So this was fine. I'm not going to say I had a bad time with it, but yeah. I know a lot. it's been getting really high marks from a lot of people. I don't know that I would give it super high marks. Um, okay. I'm going to give it, like, a seven. I, I'm giving it an eight. Like, it didn't... I really, really enjoyed it. It didn't blow me out of the water, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I really am probably going to um, get the next 
volume when it comes out. Um, I do have one complaint though. Hmm. So I got this as I, as we've been talking about uh, with comics over the past couple of months. I did this on my tablet. Yes. So I downloaded it. So there's a page missing. <laughs> it's like getting a comic book and having a page ripped out. I don't know what happens in us. And at the very end, something happens and then they move on to something else. I don't know what I'm missing, Jordan. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to have to complain and hopefully they'll give me my page. <laughs> Take it to comiXology. Well, I mean, I'm just going to complain to Google Play <laughs> and, this is, and be like, this is your fault, Google Play. Hey, I need this page because I don't know what's going on at the very end. Well, that is Paper Girls. As with most image books we didn't say this is out on image i i did did you yeah good for you thanks as with most image collections the first trade is always dirt fucking cheap yeah it was uh i don't know what the electronic version ran you but i know the actual print trade is like 10 bucks uh online it well i had a credit anyways which i was really excited about <laughs> um but it, it cost like six bucks yeah so yeah image really does this thing with their first their first trades where they just you know really gouge the price to make it to incentivize it for people who might want to check it out so you can get like the first trade of saga first trade of walking dead first trade of paper girls you can always wicked and divine phonogram you can just always get them for like 10 bucks yeah so shouts to you image for doing that and even when the second trade comes out it's only going to be like 15 bucks like it's yeah image is really good about keeping their collected collected prices down so you have no reason not to check out paper girls if you still have that itch for 80s young people tomfoolery and it, there's stranger a lot, things there's a lot of tom, tomfoolery going around so much tomfoolery oh and that's the other thing sorry just as like a thing yeah no sexualization like they talk about sex and the possibility of like stuff going wrong and you know they're nervous about getting oh assaulted my God, that's right there isn't i gotta knock mine down to a six then oh jordan <laughs> You're not allowed on to You're not allowed onto Jupiter. That's it. That is the defining <laughs> lost, moment. Lost my shot at getting on Jupiter. Yeah, I'm meeting perfume on Jupiter. Uh, yeah, I would really hope there wouldn't be anything because they're 12. I know, but I'm just saying, hey, that hasn't stopped other things from sexualizing young girls. Especially the moment they turn 13, watch out. Game on. I don't think Brian K. Vaughn is going to do that. I think he's going to... Oh, one of the douchey high school girl dudes did drop. I said game on. I just said game on, but one of them did drop that line in yeah. the book, didn't he? But the old, the old grass on the field line. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with this? Why are we doing this to ourselves this episode? Um, but yeah, I would definitely say check it out. Like I said, I even eight. Jordan gave it a seven. Still good marks from us. Not the highest from the Watcho Rito Rama, but <laughs> but still good. Still good. Yeah. Better Be- than Winona Earp. <laughs> just about to say that. Better than Winona Earp. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want some girl power and you don't want to watch Winona Earp because we gave it such a bad <laughs> uh, a, a bad rating and kick punches, definitely, definitely check out Paper Girls. Get yourself some Paper Girls. Updates. Updates. Do we have any? I have so many. Oh, good Lord. Um, you weren't recording podcasts, so you should have had a whole lot of time to... Uh, I finished Clever Man. Oh, God. I still haven't even... I still haven't watched episode four. Oh. I haven't watched any. Man, so good. How are we feeling? So good. You happy? Well, no, because it's like the biggest cliffhanger. <laughs> and why six? Who was like, yeah, six episodes. This is going to be fine. No one's going to have a meltdown. Um, except for Caitlin after watching the sixth episode. And I was like, what? That's it? So now I have to wait 
thanks a lot. It was very, very good. Ryan Griffin told us concerns and questions we had would be answered. Some, some were, and now I've just there's so many you more. You have another you have an entire new batch. Just oh, who knows what's gonna happen? And any insight on Sir Jorah? Um, lots of insight. Okay. Lots of interesting, awesome insight on Sir Jorah. Also, he's kind of got like a rat face. I mean, well, because you see a lot of him on the television show, and you yeah, gotta take it there. I'm sorry. It's just maybe it's because he's you. You know, he's skeezy in this, so it's sort of like coming out. I don't know. <laughs> just making an observation. Stop laughing at my observation. <laughs> Your observation about Sir Jorah's rat face. <laughs> yeah. So you'll call him Sir Jorah, and I'll call him Ratface. <laughs> I think that's how we're gonna do this. So Jorah, uh, Ratface. So I did that. Yes. I watched more pasta, but. That's we no one cares except for me. Um, and I started watching. I care because I was actually wondering the other day if you were still watching it. Or yeah, not. I just um, I usually what I try and do, uh, especially because it, things have been so crazy with trying to learn all this. I feel like I'm in the Matrix and someone downloaded a whole bunch of stuff into my brain and I just keep on shorting out in the middle of the street um, or on the go train, as the case may be. I like to watch things while I'm doing other things. So I'll mm. watch something while I do the dishes or whatever. But I can't with pasta because there are subtitles. subtitles. So I really have to focus on it. So I've been like painting my nails. But then sometimes I have to go back a bit because I missed a thing. And then someone's freaking out and I don't know why. Um, but I have found a show that I can do that with. It's The Get Down. I'm full up. Finish that. I have not totally finished. Um... It is just something I was like, you know what? I've been hearing it's it's good and I've been watching it and it's been really great. I don't like some things they're doing. Oh, it is a beautiful mess. Yeah. Some of it is the hottest garbage. Well, I like and some of it's really good. I like all the stuff about the um, the get downs or like their relationship and how it is evolving and how the guys are coming together and sort of the historical stuff. Don't care about the melodrama. Well, yeah. Don't like, care about what's her face wanting to become a disco star. You'll have your, you know, cool moment where you're like, you know, Grandmaster Flash is dropping Zen cones on them or whatever. And then yeah. Shell and Fantastic will like, you know, parkour up the side of a building. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then up he goes up the side of a building. And it's like, okay, thanks, Baz. That's the thing that happens. Um, also, this is the one thing I've always said. And I think I said this to you before. I said that last time we talked about it, I said that it opens with books as he's called yeah in the uh the character of ezekiel who goes by books who is the lead mc of the get down brothers most episodes open with him as an adult in like i guess 96 type yeah. era being played by david diggs from hamilton yes and it was really exciting to see him lip syncing verses by nas and they're always really specific to what's about to happen in that episode yeah and i'm just there like Man, if I was in the audience at this rap show, I'd be so mad. This is the worst rap show ever. This guy's just talking about really specific stuff that happened to him in like 1977. Yeah. But I will say like, so the Get Down is a show where like they had never planned to split it up, I guess. But it was like in typical Baz Luhrmann fashion, the money was blowing up. The production was falling behind. Right. Netflix was like, we want something now. So we're going to take these six and throw them up now. Right finish the rest of them and we'll throw them up next year yeah. and the lead producers and everybody was like cool maybe we wouldn't have written it like we did if we knew you were going to break it up like that but that's where we are now 
So when I got to the, obviously, you know, our main crescendo of the season is going to end with the, like, Get Down Brothers, like, coalescing as a unit and, like, having their first battle. Which, by the way, there's, like, battling was not happening at that point. No. In in hip-hop history. No. They're having their big moment with, you know, very, you know, they're battling the Herculoids, which is Cool Herc's crew. And there's yeah. a lot of, like, back and forth with them rapping, punching each other sentences and things like that. And... The, have you watched the whole thing? Am I about to like completely spoil the ending for you? Yeah, but that's okay. Okay, um, I don't think it doesn't really like ruin anything. It's a Baz Luhrmann movie, you know, Baz Luhrmann show. You know where this is going to go. Um, basically, how the two worlds like kind of intersect is uh, Mylene's song that she's been trying to get done and working on. Yeah, has an incredible break in the minute of it. In the middle of it, that's awesome. So while Shaolin Fantastic keeps laughing about like you know the whack shit, which yeah. is you know the the singing, the, the disco the stuff disco, that they don't yeah. like. There's, like, a crazy break in the middle of it. And it's like, oh, that's the secret weapon. That's what they're going to bust out to really, like... It's the break they have that no one else will have because nobody else in hip-hop is going to be checking for this whack disco record. Yeah. For this really small print disco record. So it's like when they drop that and they're just punching all the... all Everybody's rhymes. The rapping is completely on point and just the crowd's going nuts. I was like, yeah. Yeah. This is everything I love about <laughs> rap. God damn it, Basler. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this shit was dumb, but this is really fucking dope. I just, I really want to know more about the rap and the other people at that time. I know that they screwed up the timeline quite a lot. And there is a very, like, they've, they've done a lot of magical realism with this show. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would, I just, know what I just want? I just want a historical show about rap. That's all I want, actually. Well, did you see that thing I posted? Uh, yeah, I did. My personally, HBO yeah. Canada, starting on September fourth, I think, is doing a uh, documentary series. But I, on the origins, and and I do, I, I'm definitely going to watch that documentary. But I just want like a show. Oh, you want scripted? Yeah, I want a show because I love historical dramas and I love rap. So that would be basically together at last. I was going to say there's there's that HBO Canada doc and there's another doc called Rubble Kings, which is really more about like the uh, the gang scene, which predated hip hop. Like hip hop, kind of burbled up through the gang right. conflicts in the Bronx in the 70s or just they stopped stabbing and started dancing type of thing which is the way to do it kids <laughs> totally is stop, stop shooting st- stop stabbing start dancing yeah that's it um but like see that other article I posted where somebody actually wrote an article called was cool Herc a real person <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm just like rubbing my temples <laughs> like the kids the kids don't know it was 40 years ago the kids yeah, don't know they don't know they don't know why would they know? Don't you can't get mad. You can't get mad. Anyway, yeah, Get Down is uh is not perfect by any means, but definitely has its its fun moments. It gets enough things right that I have. Yeah. Or sorry, I could say right, but does enough things well. And he really I mean, listen, Baz really did try. You know, Grandmaster Flash is a consultant. Africa Mambata is a consultant. Nelson George, who is this really important writer about hip-hop cultural studies he worked as a producer as well like he he ticked his ticked all his boxes but at the same time you're gonna have somebody parkour up the side of a building and do kung fu moves for no reason and And again the i know the timeline is is off has shifted so that always i'm like "Ah," but that's okay i do want to know there's that bit about the blackout contributing to the explosion of uh the looting post blackout contributing to the blow up of uh hip-hop crews in the bronx yeah because they just all went and stole sound systems <laughs> during the blackout. I don't know if that's true or not. I would like a, I would like receipts on that. That's really interesting. I am, I am like 
sure, like, like we know the blackout's real, but that, if he just wrote that in, A, that's awesome. If he didn't write that in, B, that's awesome. So kind of awesome. <laughs> that's like, that all, in any way, that's awesome. And there was a bunch of stuff about bootlegging in there, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, with the tape? Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I didn't really realize what was going on until they do the, like, the get together and I was, or the party, and oh, I was they, like. The kid was faking that. Oh, that's amazing and also horrible. And yeah, I thought that was great. So uh, it's fun and it is fun to watch. And Mylene is hot AF. She's too young. They all sexualized her. She's like 16. Well, in the show, yeah, she's yeah. supposed to be 16. Yeah. I know, I know you ain't. Harrison, I can't remember her name. I added her on Instagram, but. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. Want to know the weird thing I've been watching? What? What have you been watching? Oh, love that. Love that comf. Love that them comfy shows. Yeah. So one of the shows this anime season that I've been seeing popping up on the Facebook groups and whatnot, it's a show called Sweetness and Lightning. Okay. The name has actually nothing to do with what the show was actually about. Okay. It is about... It is neither sweet nor does it have lightning in it? It's very sweet. It is a show about a father who is a widower. Okay. And his five-year-old daughter. Okay. Named Sumugi? Surugi? I can't remember her name. Um, And basically, he is realizing that he is not really feeding her well. Okay. Giving her too much prepackaged stuff. You know, they're not really eating together. He just kind of hands her something and she goes and watches her magical girl show. Right. Type of thing. And basically he kind of enters this arrangement with um, one of the students at the school that he works at. Who she owns a restaurant that's not really like open for business. It's like her mom is like a TV chef personality type thing. She's never around. Uh, Kotori, who is the student, is very wants to keep the restaurant going but she's worried about her skills right as a cook so basically they kind of enter into an agreement where they will work together kotori to become a better cook to keep a restaurant going and the teacher the father to learn to be a better cook to make meals for his daughter right that's the show that's really sweet and it's actually a child playing the little girl and she's adorable, and she has this, like, ridiculous wild hair that just, like, explodes everywhere, <laughs> and her shoes squeak when she walks, and it's, like, there's a scene in the last episode where it's, like, the father was sick. Yeah. And Sarugi, like, walked out on her own. She wanted to go see Kotori and get stuff to, like, make him feel better. Oh, my God. But, yeah, he, like, she just, like, left, so he, like, you know, freaked the fuck out when he was, when she woke, when he woke up and realized she was gone. But as she's walking along, she's, like singing the song about sharks <laughs> like don't fall in the water sharks 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 and then you like see the world as she's seeing it she's walking on like a painted line on the street yeah and that's like a piece of wood and on both sides of her is like water with sharks. sharks and then she like gets to the end of the sidewalk and she just looks out and it's an intersection yeah and she can't get over by herself and she's like oh she's uh, kind of worried and then these two women who've been watching her kind of come over and grab her hand and it's like it's like can't get in with the sharks right you ready yeah she's like hi <laughs> saying no <laughs> and they go and they run across the street and she's like ah it's just like it's stupidly adorable. cute and it's not the sort of thing i would ever give you because it's slice of life and you'd probably be bored to tears <laughs> and, and you're not a foodie and it's like no. it's like food wars for people who don't want tits i, I guess 
I, that was a weird analogy, but no, okay. No, because it's still, like, cooking is still a big part of it. They still talk about making food and how to yeah. make food, and they go through recipes and stuff like that. So if, you know, if you're interested in an anime about food then and don't want tits. And you like cute things and, you know, songs about sharks. Because, man, season two of Food Wars is reaching its apex and tits. Yeehaw. Lots of them. Although I will say one of the judges for this final round in the in the autumn elections yep. is um one of the characters' moms. It's uh the, the tongue of God's aunt. Okay. And <laughs> she speaks in really broken Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Japanese woman who's doing the the voice acting. Yeah. Because when she tastes something really good, she goes completely fluent. <laughs> <laughs> and is like just, you know, totally on point Japanese. But when she's when she's just like talking normally, it's like konichiwa, watashiwa. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. She's very well endowed in the top region. Of course she as is. As you would expect. Yeah. And when that Pacific sorry hits her hits her taste buds. Boom. Yep. Uh-huh. But it's just her. It's two dudes and hey, two dudes hey. and her on the panel and they're all getting naked. It's fine. It's fine. I'm j- I didn't say anything. I just grunted a little. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So if you ain't down with tits, check out some Sweetness and Lightning if you want some food anime in your life. Although I will say the food does not look as good as the food on Food Wars. So take the bitter with the sweet. Wow. But you get shark songs instead. You do get adorable shark songs. And yes, Surugi is fantastic. Um. All right. And oh, finally, because I didn't want to bring it up before. Oh, God. Because uh, I got in trouble last time. DS9 Season 3 is amazing. It's lit, fam. No, it is amazing is it lit af it is lit af i i'm hoping this trend continues they have had some of the best episodes i have ever watched of any star trek season three when they first got the defiant and started like yeah yeah Yeah. when they they course corrected when people were like well listen hanging out on this space station is not getting us the ratings we need to make this more like tng it's it wasn't it's not even the defiant and being able to go places it's just like they've used their characters in a really interesting way and they just they have this episode where quark goes um and he has to he has this involvement with klingons and it's just so good i i couldn't get over the writing it was fantastic so i'm very excited um because i know some of the people who worked on ds9 are working on the new star trek i'm super excited how's how's gold ducat doing um, so I just found out. Who was he? He was, the head, he was the head Kardashian? Yeah, so he used to be the head of the space station. And whenever they ha- they trip like a wire in the security or whatever, he appears and he's like, I just got a warning that some people were escaping from the space station. Everything okay? Like, he's just this fun little guy. But I, some piece of knowledge just got dropped in season three. And I just, I freaked out. So I'm just going to say stuff because you know what? It's been a ton of years. You guys should have all watched it by now. Um, apparently, he has this thing for Bajoran women. And he and there is another uh, Cardassian on the space station. He's the tailor. I don't know. I was, about to, yeah, I was about to make sure that Gold Ducat was not... Garrick. Garrick, right. Yeah. So, and Garrick may, makes some mention... Uh, Gold Ducat gets stuck on the station with them. And Garrick makes some comment about him, like, showing off in front of Kira. And it is amazing and apparently there's this whole big thing with it that i don't even know about yet and i am so excited to watch because listen let me tell you kira, kira narice <sighs> yeah second only to counselor troy 
Yeah, she's on, ridiculously good looking. On on the on the Star Trek fanboy boner no, scale. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. Um, seven of nine. Oh yeah. Seven of nine. Actually, seven of nine seems like such an overt grab for nerd boners that let, like. No, let's just talk about this here. Let's be realistic. <laughs> oh, all right, hit me. Captain Janeway. No. Yeah, top of the list. No. Top of the list. Sorry. Yeah. No bo- right. no boners for Janeway. Kate Mulgrew. Okay, anyways. Because Janeway doesn't want the boners. Yeah, no, she doesn't need them. She doesn't want them or need them. But it just doesn't matter. So I, uh, I don't, why, can't waste my boners on someone who doesn't want or need them. Whatever. <laughs> Counselor Troy wants all the boners. I don't think that's a thing. It's... She ran through like half the senior staff. She did not. And good honor for it. How? No, she, there were, I can't, I'm not even going to get into this with you right now. <laughs> Not even. Worf and Riker that we know of. Which, really, Worf. But anyways. No, not really Worf. Left his ass. I know. I know. She got married to Riker. Worf got that sweet trill ass. Oh my, why do you... I'm not even... No. I'm she not got, even going to talk about this. got a worm in her fan. Not, not even going to talk about this. It's like you get all the women because you just keep putting the worm in a new woman. No, mm. what? That's not how it works. I'm... They become am a I new just reali- Am I just realizing now that that race was called the Trill? Yeah. That's amazing. Why? Because Trill is like a Houston rap term. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. So Trill. Oh. True and real. Well, there keep, you go. Keep it Trill. trill. Keep it Trill, <laughs> Trills. <laughs> Why I'm leaving parody t-shirt money on, <laughs> on the, table. the table. Nobody take that. Well, yeah, I don't think the intersection of having watched Star Trek and being into rap if music. I made a shirt with Dax on it. Yeah. And with the caption, keep it trill. <laughs> two people at Fan Expo would think I was the coolest person ever. And that is enough for me. <laughs> is that enough for you? It is enough for me. All right. Well, okay. You do that Keep then. it trill, Jazzy and Dax. I'm never talking to you about Star Trek again. <laughs> Um, we did it we did it everybody so i think that is just about going to do it for the episode this week the nerve of this one she wants to a not show up b forget a microphone and then barge in here with like i got a heart out i'm sorry i well I, it was mostly a heart out we're actually ending early so so, so we gotta wrap this up yeah and it is, it's getting it's getting to that point where it's so hot, I can't even form words Get anymore. a little warm in here. <laughs> and I knocked the table again. I'm sorry. So if you would like to get at us for any reason, you can email us at geekdownpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at geekdownpod on Tumblr, geekdownpod.tumblr.com, or on the Facebook group. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. You can leave comments, you questions, can, You can ask complaints. why Caitlin's brain is so full of holes. Di- armchair diagnoses <laughs> for Caitlin's mental issues. Yeah, probably something to do with me not sleeping for like three weeks, but uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. What if What if your brain required cheese and we took cheese oh, no. out, of, out no. of your diet to help your internal health? I've been like this for a long <laughs> time. <is> very true. <laughs> Ever since uh, I stormed you on the subway that time. <laughs> um, now, next week, for everyone's information, we actually don't know what's going on. No idea. Jordan's going to be on an adventure in New I York. I ain't here. I don't care. He doesn't care. Um, I will be all alone in Hamilton. 
Um, we may have a guest. We may have uh, an interview. Or it may just be the Caitlin Show. You know what you do have out there in Hamilton? What I do? A great microphone. I do. I do have a great microphone. Because it's not here. Because it's not here. Because Caitlin didn't bring it. <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried to bring it. Um, so, yeah, I'm basically set up over there. So, friends, I'll, uh, I'll be looking forward to that as much as y'all, because I have no idea what we're going to get. Yeah, we'll see what the, f- the, the first show of September of the new school year. It's going to be great. Which I always look at as the actual, like, start, start of, of the, the year. year. I yeah, still do. So, same, same, same here. It's also going to be my birthday month. Right. Yeah. September birthday month. Yeah, it's a big birthday for me. What are we going to do? What are we going to do for Kate's birthday extravaganza? I don't know. We'll probably have to watch Practical Magic. <laughs> Uh, actually, Practical Magic is an October movie. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, October is my birthday month, so for my birthday, I don't <laughs> want to watch Practical Magic. We'll see. All right, well, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for dealing with the technical difficulties, fam, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back on some sort of course going forward into the fall, and once this place fucking cools down. And once there's pumpkin spice everywhere. So basic. Where are your Uggs at? I don't wear Uggs. Do you wish you wore Uggs? No. Maybe. Yeah. They sound really warm. <laughs> it's not It's not the winter. It's not the cooler months until the salt-stained Uggs start with your salt stains from the previous year that you haven't bothered washing off. Hey, yet. I don't have Uggs. I just hear they're warm. I don't know what reading socks are. Maybe they're better than Uggs. I don't know. <laughs> Well, we'll look into that, and we'll let you know next week when we return for another fantastic episode of The Key to Town. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Kate McKinnon. And we will see you back here next week. See you then. so happy oh but the pigeon came to say hello they went to the trouble of putting the fucking spike board you know post-apocalyptic spike board along my <laughs> windowsill to keep pigeons from landing there. well you know what it's for right what when the zombie apocalypse comes you have a weapon on already they'll just get stuck there climbing up to my window yeah